0: Hi, everybody.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome,
0: welcome to Portal to, to the Paranormal. Paranormal. My name's JoJo, I'm Sarah, and I'm Joe. and you're watching Thriller Thrill Podcast, Podcast The, the Witch, Witch Edition. Edition. So, this evening, we have got a very special guest. She's a solitary
1: and collective. We cannot ask you to read that one out because i want not sure what it was. There's so many different ones. Um, for 14 years she has been focused on paganism, folklore, and and spoke and folklore throughout history. So let's so,
2: welcome her on.
1: Lala, Lala Lala Duggan. Duggan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hello! Hi! Hi! How are you? I'm doing
0: well. Oh, great. We are super excited to have you on our podcast this evening. We're going to talk to you about what you do. Yeah, which
1: is throughout history, they they're always turning up. They, I mean, especially in the UK, they're everywhere, aren't they, girls? Yeah, especially yeah. around here as well, around like the New Forest area. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, and it's Wickham as well from Gerald Gardner. Is his? It's that's where it originated from, wasn't it? So you know, yeah. we, we're dying to here all about your kind of witchcraft. your are out. Well, kind of
3: witching <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, really excited I've never I've never done anything like this before so it be <laughs> interesting
1: so we're gonna ask you a few questions if that's okay yeah Just go Fire. ahead
2: <laughs> so first of all solitary Wiccan what what's that all about can you explain it to us please
3: so when Wicca first began um It was an initiatory tradition. Uh, So you had to be initiated into a coven by another coven member. So it wasn't something you could just pick up and do on your own. Um, Throughout the years, as uh, things evolve, as all religions and practices do, um, it ended up coming to the masses um, through Gerald Gardner and other various people. Um, Gerald Garner is usually always the only one person talked about, but there, there were a lot of people uh, that contributed to the construction of what Wicca is seen as today. Um, but being solitary mainly means that I work on my own by myself. I don't work with a coven or any other Wiccans. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it means that I just, I'm all on my own. <laughs>
0: So when you say work, what do you actually do? What what would you class as?
3: So when you work on your own, now, uh, any time that we're talking about this, we talk about your own specific practice. Um, so when you're solitary, you don't have anybody telling you how you need to practice. So within covens, they usually have very set um, rituals that they do at different times of the year. Um, and mainly things like that, um, which we will go over a little bit of that later. I actually have some bullet points to just make sure that I don't forget anything I wanted to specifically talk about. Um, But when you're on your own uh, practicing, um, you know, there, no one can tell me I'm doing something wrong. Nobody can tell me that I'm i can't do it this way or that way or whatever feels natural to me when you're solitary um it's definitely a bit more free-flowing um you can incorporate whatever feels right for you and it it makes it a very personal personalized thing and i would actually say the majority of wiccans you're actually going to meet today i know you guys had manon on the show um uh, he's he's one of the first coven members I've I've really seen uh, talk about his experience. Uh, I've met many Wiccans over the years, but I would say if you're going to walk outside, the average Wiccan you're going to meet is going to be a solitary, um, mm-hmm. because we you can have that uh, personal connection to it that you don't need anyone to tell you how you do something, and I, I think that's very appealing for most people. So. Uh, but when I say working, what I do now generally as a Wiccan myself, you have two aspects within Wicca. You have the religious spiritual aspect, and then you have the witchcraft part of it. So, witchcraft in itself is a craft, it's something you do. And you don't have to be a Wiccan to be a witch. Um, you can actually add any religion onto that you can be a Christian witch, you can be a Buddhist witch, you can you can be any kind of witch that you want. Um so when I say work I mainly am talking about the, the spell work that I do um which mainly focuses in a uh, folk magic area so uh within Wicca. There, it's a little complicated, right? Like, when Wicca first started, um, it was mainly focused on the ceremonial aspect mm-hmm. of Wicca, which comes from Gerald Gardner, um, which actually, that was something I was going to touch on, so I guess we can start with that, um, <laughs> is that he he was initiated into a coven called the New Forest Coven, which I'm sure you guys being close to that area, you guys know about that. Um, and he was also heavily associated with Aleister Crowley, as well as mm-hmm. many other various traditions such as Freemasonry. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't actually know much about the New Forest Coven, and how their particular practice and traditions were exercised. Um, so it's hard to know how much of how much of their own practice was ceremonial versus uh, like folkloric in nature. Um, so like folk magic we see throughout history, throughout time, um, certain things that you even do today that you might not even realize it comes from folk magic or a folk tradition, um, such as, uh, like placing a a horseshoe above your door, (laughs) for instance. Um. But uh but yeah, so we don't really know a lot about what their practices were and how that they did their traditions versus what Gerald Gardner kind of just pulled in from yeah. other areas, such as Aleister Crowley, who was heavily focused on ceremonial magic. Um yeah. so that's that's initially how Wicca started, it was very ceremonial in their rituals. But if we actually look throughout time, um in paganism itself, uh, they did have some, some rich, well, we don't really know how they practiced, honestly. Um, there's theories that some things were quite ritualistic um, within their different uh, holidays, um, such as Samhain and things like that. But a lot, a lot was also just about kind of like what we do today, which is about celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so again, it's going to be very different from different Wiccans. Um, my own basis for, for magic that I do is heavily based in folk magic, which is heavily based in superstition um, and tr- different tr- traditions. Um, but, you know, I could go outside and and meet another Wiccan and, and they're only going to practice ceremon- ceremonial magic and that's it. Um, so. Sorry, I rambled a little bit. No, that's <laughs> fine. No, that's brilliant. How did you find
1: your, I mean, how did you think that Wicca was the first, the best fit for you, though? Because there's so many out there, isn't
3: There, isn't there? There is. And actually, I've, I've explored a lot. Um, I first came into Wicca when I was really young, about 17. Um, I, I didn't have the greatest concept of what it was. Um, I've been heavily interested in witchcraft ever since I was a very small child. I I kind of became obsessed with the Salem witch trials when I was about nine years old. And I I researched everything I could about it. And I can't really tell you what drew me to it. I just, I was fascinated by it. Um, I guess as a child, I was like, well, if they were really doing this to people, that means magic's real, right? (laughs) So um, I was like, why would they just do that for no reason? But... You know, as you grow and and you know your mind develops, <laughs> you start to to see things differently and understand the world in better ways. Um, <laughs> but I have I have dipped my toes in different areas of paganism, um, mainly continental Germanic paganism um, because a lot of my family comes from Germany. Okay. Um, like my my great great grandfather was born in Germany and immigrated to the U.S. in 1905. Um, and as well as his wife, they were from Germany as well. So I had a lot of ties there, a lot of roots, and um, I really explored that a lot uh, for for about a couple of years. But I I ended up coming back to Wicca because my the way Wicca, I guess the thing that really drew me to Wicca the most is within our what we know about history today, um, and. Uh, what we know about ourselves uh, through science today um, so in Wicca they venerate a god and a goddess so that that's another bullet point to touch on there, there's a lot of misconceptions about the god and goddess and and how we see it and everyone's gonna have their own interpretation as well um, but it's it can be somewhat subjective but there there are so many mis Conceptions about it as as being very very binary. There's a lot of binary terms around it today. Uh, having to deal with the gender issues that we see within society um, going on right now, but the god and goddess are seen as equal. You as as all almost all things in nature and including people, we all have a feminine and a masculine side um, yeah. to us through estrogen and testosterone. Um, And you see that throughout nature as well. You know, you you can have like a mother bear who's gonna be very protective and nurturing to her cubs, but as well, she's gonna be incredibly fierce uh, against a predator. Um, So within within Wicca, you have that aspect of the male and the female uh, divine divinity. Um, And they are, but they are two sides of the same coin you know, you can't really classify the goddess as being just the female or the goddess being just the male. They really are one and they're balanced. Um, and they, in many ways, I would say that they actually, they transcend gender. You know, we, we put these gender ideas onto them. Um, and it depends on how you want to see that. But, uh, you know, for me and for many Wiccans that I know that that is how it's always been. And, um, Throughout some of the the earliest, um, priestesses uh, and priests throughout Wicca, um, such as Selena Fox, uh, would actually say that yeah they transcend gender and to put them in these binary terms is is definitely a, a newer concept. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. So, so so did your parents so get you? Were your parents ever into? No, Uh, well,
3: my my mother was, was quite spiritual. Oh, but I was like, I was actually answer that whole question. Um, yeah, that was what really brought me to the book. It was that idea of the, the, the duality within nature and within people just really spoke to me a lot. Um, and I just felt uh, a heavy connection to that as well as, yeah, I didn't, I was like, I think there was something else I was going with that, but I ended up losing my train of thought in my ramble was that, um, as well, All of the, in in Wicca in many instances, they would see all of the gods and goddesses throughout time as being different aspects of the the god and goddess. So so if you kind of think of like the ocean and how all rivers lead to the ocean, right? So the god and goddess is the ocean and the rivers are the different gods and goddesses throughout history, um, all combining into this one. And it's actually not very different from um, Hindu uh, religious practices that they they view they have different gods and goddesses, but they in their uh, views, it is just another approach and aspect to what they would call the ultimate, which in Wicca for us would be the God and the goddess. So there, there's nice. a lot of overlap and a lot of things
1: similarities in the Native American culture as well all very natural in nature and 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 doing ceremonies and things like that it's very very similar yeah in in aspects
3: yeah i guess to go back to the other question though uh no my parents i mean my parents are quite spiritual they always my, my dad wasn't really so much but as he's been getting older he's been uh actually becoming very interested in in reincarnation um He's always believed in spirits, though, and ghosts. And uh, my mother was, was a heavy believer in reincarnation and astrology. Uh, but she, she never um, identified with one religion or the other. Um, but, and my dad, I would actually say, is a Catholic. So <laughs> It can be hereditary, though, can't it? Uh, being a yeah, Wiccan. it can. Um, so yeah. being a Wiccan myself and, and what I practice, um, you know, I, I am definitely of the belief that I think everybody should choose for themselves. You <laughs> know? Uh, as actually Raymond Buckland, uh, another uh, notable person throughout Wicca, had once said that there are many paths to the divine um, and there are as many paths as there are people. Um, so I think really whatever is going to connect you to what you view as your higher power, um, I think that's ultimately what's the most important part. Um, so for my children, um, I'm not planning on, you know, being like this, this is what we are and this is what you have to do. Um, you know, if they, if they're interested in what I do, I, I will tell them, you know, what it is that we do celebrate the different Wiccan holidays, um, but uh it's not something that I, I make them do. I don't make them celebrate into it. And if and once they get older, you know, we will I will introduce them that there's there's many different religions out there and whatever works for you is best. And uh but so so I will be yeah, so but to answer your question, yes, it can be hereditary. I mean it can be something that you can raise your children in. Um does everybody stay in it? Um, you know, it's, it's debatable, it's really up to mm-hmm. the individual.
1: I heard I heard you mention the like add-ons to witches, uh, Christian witches. I, I I did a bit of googling as well: white witches, green witches, satanic witches. Um, there's another one, a kitchen witch. Which if you are yeah, so
3: those
1: books, I,
3: like that. Again, those are very um, newer concepts. Uh, the kitchen witch, the green witch. Uh, when I was growing up, first uh, getting into Wicca, we didn't have those <laughs> those yeah. um, those different terms and labels. Um really what you would say a kitchen witch or a green witch would basically just be that there's someone who practices, witch, witch, who practices witchcraft, but primarily practices in a certain area. So a green witch would mainly use herbs and uh, different gardening techniques uh, throughout their magic or practice. A kitchen witch would mainly use magic in the kitchen. Um, but it's, w- witches honestly would use magic throughout Areas, but if someone wants to identify as a kitchen witch or a green witch, I think that's totally fine. If you want to put a theme on it, it can be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, that's definitely newer though, within the past uh decade, as that started popping up. Yeah,
2: that's a good thing so. about witchcraft, isn't it? It's all very individual,
1: yeah. There's no
3: it is, problems, yeah, so to speak, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm very intrigued about this question that we're going to ask next. I wonder <laughs> if you can answer it. Okay. <laughs> uh, go on, girls. What's the fairy faith? Yeah, what's
3: the fairy faith? Is that a thing? Yeah. Um. So it's it's really not different from how you would view um belief in fair, fairies throughout history as well. Um. It's mainly just the belief that fairies still exist today, and. There are witches who say that they would work with them, with those spirits. Uh, so today, you know, they probably don't really see uh, the fairies as being, you know, um, actually beings with little beings flying around or, or elves as, as really living out in the forest, these supernatural beings. But they do see them as these spirits that are around us all the time um, and that you can work with them in various ways um I have family. never worked with the fae folk myself um with yeah. the concept of fairies but uh uh yeah it's it's definitely something that is definitely worked with today and there, uh but you know I would definitely advise caution uh against yeah. you know not against working with fairies but just advise caution of of being being wary because you know these these ideas of the the fae folk that we have are are very old um and uh they I think they definitely have an element of truth to them. You definitely want to be careful in your dealings with anything, whether it be uh fairy spirits or ghosts
1: so yeah. okay. they like to scratch, don't they There's some down at um a Don Styler's gym in the, in the woods there where the, there's definitely wisps or something like that. And I remember when my sister was young, she used to see this little thing with eyes and teeth that used to, it was a furry ball that used to roll under a bed or roll and peep behind at the gate and whether it was in her head or anything, but then there is a thought that maybe it could be something like that.
3: I definitely don't rule out anything. <laughs> I like to always think that there's there's always possibilities for anything out there
2: that's what we say isn't it to all yeah. I guess is we w- won't poo poo what you're thinking or seeing no. it's your experience and if, if you believe that that's what you've seen
0: who are we to who are we yeah. to say yeah. that
2: it didn't happen it's mm.
1: it's great this is um <laughs> this sounds damn but who do or voodoo <laughs> <laughs>
3: Does that make any sense to you? Uh, I know hoodoo and voodoo, yes, they are um, practices within um, um, African uh, traditions. Um, I personally do not practice hoodoo or voodoo, yeah. uh, but I do know hoodoo and voodoo are very, um, uh, they are very close to folk magic um, in a sense, uh, as at least European folk magic that we would think of. Uh, voodoo and hoodoo definitely take a lot of aspects of sympathetic magic um, and use it. Uh, but it, it definitely is very specific to a very specific tradition. Um, I I generally stay within my um, ethnic heritage, I would say, um, which is <coughs> kind of European. Um, so, but yeah, that's, that's what hoodoo and voodoo is. It's like specific to a very specific tree. tradition. Sorry, what I- was that?
2: Do you believe in the rule of three, like the karma thing?
3: I do. Um, so actually, that's yeah, that's definitely one thing I wanted to touch on. It's, uh, I guess there are some other misconceptions within Wicca that there are many things that have evolved inside of Wicca that may not have necessarily started in Wicca when it was first introduced into the world uh, by Gerald Gardner. Uh, the the rule of three and the Wiccan read are two very good examples here. Um the, the rule of three is that whatever you put out into the world, you get back threefold. So as many people are very familiar with the the term, you get what you give. So, and I, I for me as just on a personal level, I think that that's very true. If you put out negativity in the world, you're going to get as negativity back. Um, and same thing for positivity. If you put out positivity, you get positivity back. And I think that that's in a way just just very natural. Um, and I wouldn't even actually say that that's a, a Wiccan aspect for me. Yeah. I think that's just a natural person aspect. Um, but it, it, it is something that was introduced into Wicca later on. Yeah. Um, as well as the Wiccan read, which uh, I know that Manon touched on that a little bit, no. um, that he also said that was kind of, yeah, it was kind of brought up in the 70s. Um, and it is, uh, it goes, and harm none, do as you will. Um, and it is something that most Wiccans follow. And I would say it's actually the only thing that most Wiccans would uh, say that they is the same for them, at least the majority. It is subjective as well. Some, it is a misconception. Some people coming into Wicca, they might be like, oh, well, I don't, I don't like that because, uh, that means I can't do baneful magic and baneful magic would be anything that's, um, like hexing or cursing. Um, and some people want to do that. Some people feel that, you know, that's, if that's their path, that's what they want to do. Um, but, uh, it's very subjective. Um, for me, it's, it's always been that don't go out of your way, go out of your way to harm someone or something. Now, if you need to defend yourself, that can be a different story. Um, but don't, don't go out of, out of your way to, to just harm, make any harm. Um, but again, it's it's subjective for everyone, and that again, that's something that was added on. It's not something that every Wiccans feel the need to follow, and uh, they don't have to if it's not part of their path. Mm-hmm. Have you
1: ever personally hexed anybody or binded anybody, or is there a way of being immune to a hex or taking one um, off? Yourself?
3: There is there is a way to to take hexes off of you. Um, you would just do a counter spell. Uh, if you feel like you had one on you. Um, I personally did do a hex once mm-hmm. when I was young, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, so I I don't think it really worked anyway. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was definitely before I, again, like I said, I didn't have the greatest concepts of witchcraft at the time. Um, and I definitely didn't have the same kind of Mind you as an adult today, so uh, but I have never done one since, and i I don't think I'll do one again.
0: Sarahs just popped up there, and she says one of our guests she says,Is there a spell you won't do, or <coughs> even if you're asked to do it?
3: Um, yes, that would be a love spell. Oh. you never want to take away someone's free will. love oh. spells are very um tricky things anyway uh, they might not always work out the way you want them to um, they're just better to stay away from uh, you can do a love spell on someone and it will most likely work but it might not work like you want for instance you can you can do one and your lover might come back to you but their their free will is going to be fighting against that spell the entire time so it might it most likely will end the same way it did before because um, it's not really what they want, uh, and as well, you know, you could end up getting kind of tied in to someone that you realize in the end maybe you didn't want. Um, you know, so it's just they're are always tricky things. You just don't want to don't want to deal with those.
1: What kind of things do you use for spell making? Is it candles, herbs, um, hair?
3: So, yeah, anything. so from, for me, again, it's very uh tied into folk magic and and these are things that people would have done before we they even knew the term witchcraft. Most people would have used these things and done these things before and never even thought that they were witches. Um they would never consider themselves to be a witch. Um, for instance, um, actually, there was a point in time where priests, in Christianity, would perform folk magic, but they definitely would not have called themselves a witch. Um, they, uh, but we see that throughout um, the historical record, and they are very simple things. Mostly for me, I like to keep it nice and simple. Uh, most of mine would be in the forms of talismans or charms. Um, so, like I like to, I pretty much keep a hagstone with me. All the time. If you guys have ever seen uh, a hagstone, it's it's a, a stone with a natural occurring hole um, in it that you can usually find around a body of water. I'm sure you can find them everywhere in the UK if you go to a it's river.
0: A stones, don't we? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, They're they're called all kinds of things: hagstones, adder stones, Odin stones. They have so many different names. Uh, but th- these are very magical. If you ever find one, you should keep it. Um, um, they're they're very good for protection. Um, so I keep one in my car, I keep one in my bag, I have some on my doorknobs of my house. Um, what makes these magical um, are definitely, it It varies between uh, the different locations of these stones as we had found throughout the historical record. Um, but the hole within it is, for me, I've always been inclined to think of, the liminal space. So liminal spaces are tended to be magical. A place that's not here nor there. Um, so the hole makes that a liminal space. Um, so, you know, you're, it's a part of the stone and then it's outside of the stone. Um, but yeah, so I, for me, I also do incorporate a lot of herbs as well. Herbs have a very, very long history of um, magical use incredibly long um i also i do use a lot of crystals as well within my practice and um that's something a lot of people another misconception a lot of people think is a a very new age thing these crystals have magical properties but um that's something that we see as well throughout the historical record throughout paganism Um, for instance the ancient egyptians would use carnelian stone to ward against the evil eye yeah. Um, the average person may not have uh, you know, had access to um, you know carnelian or, or like amethyst all the time, but there has always been a belief that almost everything natural around us had a spirit, had an energy, had a form of life. Um, and that actually stems from animism. Which is the oldest belief system that we know to exist. Um, back at the in in the early times of man, they would have seen everything is having a spirit. everything is having an energy. And that concept is still with us today through the form of crystals and herbs and things like that.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. That's yeah. yeah, really interesting. So are you guys gonna ask this question or so
0: <laughs> you know what we're gonna ask, don't you? So do you worship nature? No, and if so no, if so, have you ever danced naked under the moon or in a hole?
3: We'll be uh, I do worship nature, so uh, Wiccan itself is 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 a nature uh, uh, religion. Um, so we we actually see the god and goddess again. We don't we don't see the god and goddess in, in these terms of um, this female goddess in the clouds and this male god in the clouds. Um, as well as, I guess I should touch back on that as well. The the god that we uh, we worship it it tends to be uh, seen as a horned god. Um, and that's a, a very old, um, but uh, uh, so the the duality here between the god and the goddess um, was first introduced uh, through Margaret Murray, as well as, so there, there's a cave painting, right? The old, one of the oldest cave paintings that we know of in france and it's of a horned figure who has um limbs like a man and this was this has been theorized to be one of the earliest depictions of deity that there is now some of our earliest figures of goddess worship are seen <laughs> venus figurines which are these little statues that are have bulging bellies like of a pregnant belly So something that we see that we've seen throughout time, actually, according to um, uh, actually, I have her book right here, Um, H.R. Ellis Davidson. So this is actually a book of uh, there we go. Goddess, gods and myths of Northern Europe. So H.R. Ellis Davidson was an incredible um, folklorist and um, anthropologist. Um, She actually says here, um, the usual pattern in early religions is that in which the goddess mother earth appears as the wife of the supreme sky God. Since the earth is embraced and made fruitful by the God of the heavens, the image of the earth mother from whom we spring, by whom we are nourished and into which we return when we die has remained a fundamental one. So the idea between the God and goddess comes from the, the theory of early man. So the theory of early man would have seen the uh, everything is having spirit. They would have m- most likely, again, this is just theory, but most likely would have worshipped gods of hunting and gods of fer- or goddesses of fertility, things that we would see as people that women women usually would um, you know give birth. So there's our fertility aspect, and men usually would go on the hunt. Um, but they, the concept again, though, that they, that puts in a little bit of a binary term, but, um, there, there was always some exceptions and overlap here. But, uh, so it's, it's very nature based is my main point here. Um, and that's something that we still see today that we don't actually worship them as like this god and goddess in the sky we see it then throughout nature so like the goddess is heavily associated with the moon with the ocean uh the god is heavily associated with the sun um she is heavily associated with the fertility of the earth and the god is the sun who brings that life force to the earth um so Uh, the best way I would explain the belief, uh, behind this and how you see it is you can think of a God like Poseidon, who is the Greek God of the ocean. Um, you wouldn't actually see, like, if you wanted to work or worship with the, with the ocean, you would see it as Poseidon as personified as a man, but not the actual figure, um, so, but so, yes, long answer there, but uh, <laughs> I do definitely uh, worship nature, for sure, that I see uh, the God and Goddesses as, as representations of all of nature, that uh, they're within all of it. Um, so, and the, the funny part of that, uh, no, I've never um, danced naked under a full Aww. moon, uh, but, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. Who knows? Maybe someday. Wax everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, we
2: had the rose
1: meeting the other night. You missed it all. Mm-hmm. That
2: would have been perfect. Oh, for a it. nice storm it would be all right. There'd
1: be no one about in a storm, would there? It'd be nice and refreshing as well. <laughs> would be nice. Have you got any witch history for us in your it, where where you are, or do you have anything knowledgeable that you could tell our viewers about witch history? Um,
3: there's there's nothing about where I am that I know of. Um but uh, a little bit of, I guess, a little witch history, something that not a lot of people, I think, really know. Um, So there's a lot of like ideas about where, um, you know, the the witch's hat and the witch's broom and and the black Mm -hmm. cat come from. Um, And and some of them are very uh, uh, known, you know, that we know of, but the one that I've always found really interesting. So we'll never be able to narrow down exactly where these these come from. Most likely, it's a big collaboration of different things combining into one of what makes us think of witches. Um, but uh, at one point, women were ma- the main brewers. So w- women would brew the beer, <laughs> um, and when they would, when people would go into a brewery, uh, women would wear a long pointed hat to signify that they were the brewer. That was their area. And they would generally keep uh, cats a lot to um, uh, chase after pests. So rats and mice trying to get into their food stores. Um, And as we know as well, like cats really love to be by, uh, you know, the hearth, the fireplaces, because it's a nice warm area. Um, so that's a, I've always found that an interesting tidbit that probably not a lot of people know about. Oh,
1: that's clever. It yeah. is clever, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you were on about Reiki earlier, wasn't there? Is that like a healing? Healing, yeah. Yeah. Is this spells Just- for healing and wealth and yeah, health?
3: There's a lot of spells for healing. Uh, Reiki is not something that I really incorpor- incorporate in my practice, but there's um, yeah, there's Reiki. Uh, there's also the chakra system that a lot of people um, would uh, uh, use in their practice, um, as well as there's there's a, a area of, of shadow work. Um, that a lot of people like to use as well. I, I generally don't, but um, you know, usually if, if you have a lot of trauma in your life, um, shadow work is, it would be something really interesting to look into. Um, shadow work is is basically you take in the concept of your, uh, your shadow self, the part of you that is um, kept hidden from the world and uh, you embrace that part of yourself through different workings. Um, But uh, yeah, actually um, something else, I guess I'd probably touch on something that is very important to Wiccans, which uh, um, Mr. Rana didn't go over too much, um, is the Wiccan Wheel of the Year. So um, this is something that all Wiccans follow. And actually a good portion of pagans do today, Uh, not all pagans, it depends on what tradition they're doing. Um, But the Wiccan Wheel of the Year consists of eight central holidays and most of these holidays we celebrate today just as regular people Uh, most of our holidays actually uh, today stem from pagan holidays um, that can sometimes have a little bit of, of Overlap in Christianity, too. Uh, Samhain being one of them, Samhain it was the earliest form of Halloween that we have today. Yes. Um, so that's uh, something that would have been heavily practiced throughout mm-hmm. um, mainly the Celtic region. <laughs> right. um,
1: oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, Get in your bed.
3: that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm holding up. <laughs> <laughs> <in. As> <laughs> <want. laughs> um so Sawin uh, was seen as, as a very liminal time. It was um the time when between the, the spirit world and our world was at its thinnest, and that is how it is still for us today. Um people would uh you know make masks, because um, there, there was this idea around Sawin that if you uh, the spirit world, it wasn't just, you know, intermingling with ours. Not only could the spirits come into our world, but you could wander off into the spirit world as well. Um, so they would uh, wear masks and um, carve, uh, not jack-o'-lanterns at the time, usually turnips. <laughs> um, things to try to keep, keep bad spirits away. Um, but they would be welcoming uh, usually their family back into the home. Um, but but our, our our concept of Halloween act today actually comes from not only Sawin, but there were some um throughout mainly throughout uh England. Um the uh uh yeah, my mind is slipping here what is- it was called. All Souls Day. Oh, wow. Um it was actually like the the day after uh Halloween. Um and there was this idea that uh You know, a lot of souls could get trapped in purgatory between heaven and hell. And if, but if they got enough prayers for that particular soul, it would be able to ascend out of purgatory and go into heaven. So uh, our trick-or-treating aspect for Halloween comes mainly from that. So you would actually have beggars and uh, young children who would go from door to door and uh, people would make these things called soul cakes and these tiny little round cakes um and uh which was more like a, it was a bit more bread-like um and uh they would be like well well give me a soul cake and uh i'll give you a prayer for the loved one that you want to be raised up to heaven so that's where our trick-or-treating aspect comes from so a lot of it can can really um overlap but mainly we have saw so saw one would actually be uh like what they call the witches' new year so instead of like you know january 1st for, for wiccans that is the the new turn um and it's these holidays mainly follow the natural cycle of the sun um so we have yule which generally follows falls on the winter solstice so, or the darkest night of the year um, but even though generally, oh, there goes the headphone. <laughs> generally um, throughout uh, where Yule would have been mainly practiced within the Germanic areas, uh, Yule would actually consist over several days. Um, today though, we would just, uh, we Wiccans mainly focus on the um, winter solstice. Um, so, which is the longest night of the year. And these dates can vary depending on the year. Generally, it's usually about December 21st, um, and then we go into Imbolc, which later in Christianity actually became Candle Mass. Um, and then we go into Ostara, which today, as we would know as Easter, uh, oh. which actually comes from the goddess Eoster, um, who was an Anglo-Saxon goddess. Um, and uh, it means uh, the new dawn, <laughs> that is the the uh, spring has arrived. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting too, it's generally, again, it's, um, mainly celebrated in March um at the spring equinox uh but again throughout uh his, the historical record Ostara we know Eoster was generally celebrated in the month of April and that's actually in Easter we still do that <laughs> wow. um, and we have Beltane or May Day or in Germany it's Walpurgisnacht um. mm. um, and uh, then we have Litha, which is actually coming up uh, very soon uh, next week, uh, which is our summer solstice, which is the um, longest day of, longest sun, the longest day of the year. I think it's um, yeah, no,
0: yeah. It's 21st. Oh.
3: Yep, yep. And then we have uh, Lunasa. Um, Lunasa is uh, a harvest time. So that's a, uh, it's kind of like, all right, let's Let's start preparing for winter, um, and then we have Mabon, which is another harvest festival, uh, and then Samhain being the last harvest festival. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and that's something that, you know, we we sell. I mean, even even if you don't know it, you in a way are kind of celebrating yeah. the wheel. There's so. some um, rituals I think that they do. They feed
1: cider to an apple tree for a good harvest, and to,
3: yeah, you know. You- Ritual is, um, uh, there, so many things can be ritual for yeah. you, it's very personal. Uh, for me, for instance, for Salwyn, I usually will bury an apple, um, in my front yard, and I do that to, uh, uh for any of the, the dead who have passed on recently, um, as well as uh, your ancestors, um, so that they have something to eat on the other side. Yeah, amazing.
1: Is there anywhere in the world you'd like to go and sort of, um, that inspires you for witchcraft?
3: Um, there are many places I would love to go, um, but generally I, I definitely would love to visit Germany. Um, even though Germany, again, and uh, I think you and I um, had talked about this a little bit uh, that uh, the, the witch hunts of Europe uh, nearly half of it was just in Germany um, which is insane. So it probably that's not the best place for inspiration, yeah. <laughs> but I think the hist- history would be amazing, especially since yeah. some of my family comes from there. Um, but a good portion of my family on my mother's side actually comes from Scotland. Um, and mm-hmm. that is actually you know, from what I understand anyway, because uh, I've never been there is uh, you know there's there's almost no better place for a superstition than the Highlands.
0: Definitely.
3: So, yeah, I would definitely love to, to visit Scotland someday.
0: Well, if you're ever over this way, look us up. We'll, um, more than welcome. You're more than welcome to come see us.
3: Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Meet
0: you up to the new forest. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Stonehenge. It's, it's in which stones, uh, Yeah, Stonehenge.
3: That so would be amazing. Amazing to see Stonehenge.
0: It's literally less than an hour down the road, so
3: oh wow as a solitary
2: person do you go to any of the festivals because like we oh, i've been to the Beltane festival and places like that do you go to any of them
3: i uh, no, i actually have never been um just because I've, I've just never lived in an area which which had that um i would love to though i would love to you yeah are. i I've never, I've never been, which I'm, hopefully, hopefully someday. Yeah, you should, definitely.
0: Definitely. So who's your most inspirational witch then, past or present?
3: You know, um, I mean, I feel like it's a little bit of a cop out to say, because uh, this particular witch was, uh, is just so well known. But you know, I think he gets kind of a bad rap today. And I would say that's Scott Cunningham. Um, a lot of people would uh, say that Raymond Buckland was the one that brought Wicca to the US, which is is true. Um, but I would say Scott Cunningham probably had the largest uh, influence on what Wicca is today, how it's practiced today, and just the solitary path in general. Um, I would say most Wiccans as well today when they first start out their journey that is who they read that is the very first person that they go to and I think a lot of his um practices and traditions that he introduced from his own practice um are just largely um applicable to us today as well um just as much as they were when he first published his first book Mm -hmm. so
1: Right, we're going to wrap it up with just one more question, and it's a just a fun question, so I do hope you got a sense of humour. <laughs> Here's a big braille, careful I'm going to throw at you now. So, favourite favourite witches, are you ready for this? Okay. Okay, right.
2: The, Go. the Sanderson sisters. The witch from The Wicked Witch of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Samantha Stevens Stephen Stephen
1: from be
0: Bewitched. Witched.
2: Hermione Granger from Harry Potter <laughs> or
1: the Blair Witch? Who would you say was real, very I must say, if there was a Blair Witch, you know, at least she's creative, she'll lob off some figures and scare you in your tent. we we'll put some cool figures out in there. Yeah, indeed.
3: <laughs> I'd probably say uh, the Sanderson sisters because they're just so iconic. You know, everybody kind of grows up with them, don't they?
2: Are you looking forward to Hocus Pocus 2 coming out?
3: i i i am and i'm not (laughs) you know i I just hope they don't they don't ruin it but Mm -hmm. i'd definitely be watching it when it comes out see how it goes definitely looking forward to that one yeah okay well yeah yeah thank you very
2: much for
0: your time today
1: all your information was marvelous we've definitely learned something haven't we girls absolutely it was amazing really appreciate it thank you very much thank you Uh, catch you another time Take it easy. easy. Ciao for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.